Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, we are here for uh, resuming our class on Hellfire Revealed. This is the 10th class. Uh, we are, um, inshallah, about to discuss the valleys of Jahannam. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, hamdan kathiran tayyiban mubarakan fee, mubarakan alayh. كما يحب ربنا ويرضى جل جلاله وعم نواله والصلاة والسلام على سيد الحبيب المصطفى صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد. So as we resume the discussion on hellfire, we are now on the discussions of the internal aspects. So we will be discussing the various different valleys and really. Um, I was surprised myself that hellfire, aside from being different levels, different stages for different people, what exactly is going to happen once, you, once a person gets into any of those levels? So what the discussion today will, seems to reveal is that when a person goes into hellfire, it's almost like an assault course. There'll be a number of different valleys. Some of these are mentioned in the Quran and others are not. Some are mentioned in the Hadith. But it looks like there are quite a few valleys and they are different types of punishments, almost like an, a forced assault course that a person has to take, has to under, undertake. So, for example, if we look at one of the verses, Allah says, he did not, he will not be able to brave the ascent. Iqtiham al-aqaba. He will not be able to undertake the steep course. So it, it just sounds like you're going to be made to do this. And you have to do it. There's no other way about it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. So there's a narration from Abu Umama radiallahu anhu that... The Prophet ﷺ said, Now these words are found and I'll be discussing them. There's a, Allah discusses غَيْ فَسَوْفَ يَلْقَوْنَ غَيَّ Then يَلْقَوْنَ أَثَامَ right, So there's غَيْ and أَثَام نَهْرَانِ فِي أَسْفَلِ جَهَنَّم So according to this, this narration, it says that these are rivers or lakes at the rock bottom of paradise. يَسِيلُ فِيهِمَا صَدِيدُ أَهْلِ النَّارِ In which the pus, etc. The discharge from the people of hellfire will all flow into there. And then of course that's recycled. Not in the world recycled in the sense that it's purified or anything. That in itself is fed to people as we'll see. There's another narration which says that these are... It does, it, this one calls them rivers or lakes. Another one calls them wells. But the assumption is that they're probably very deep lakes. So maybe sound like a well, maybe some way to re reconcile. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Maryam, verse 59 says, In this regard, there's another version from Abu Ishaq. Actually, Abdullah ibn Abbas, he says, As related by Ibn Abid Dunya. This is a valley in Hellfire which is 
extremely distasteful, extremely deep. Imam Bayhaqi has another narration. These are various different details we're finding. The ghay is nahrun, nahrun hamim finnar. This is a really boiling hot lake in hellfire. All of this, they all make sense. I mean, it's a lake, it's boiling hot. Yukdhafu fihi alladheena yatabi'oona shahawat. That's the scary part. In it will be thrown those who used to follow their desires. I don't know how many of us, this is, we live in a time of desires. Much more than our predecessors. I mean, every, there's always been desires. Desires have always been there. Desire of the flesh is a perennial desire. Right from the time of Adam Salam's sons. It's always been there. But I think the amount of desires we have access to, the ease we, which we have access to it, it's very difficult to avoid it. There's so many people that we're struggling with social media. Because just incidentally, whether you like it or not, it just comes by. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only one who can forgive us and save us and protect us. According to Shafi ibn Matir, he says, In the Jahannam is a qasran. Qasr generally is a castle or a palace or a fort of some sort, but here it sounds more like a tower, something very high, which is called Hawa. Hawa. Yurm al Kafir, I mean just the name Hawa. Hawa means desire. Most of the wrong that people do, I mean, essentially, it boils down to a desire, doesn't it? Mostly, whether that's greed for something, whether that's greed for money, or for immorality, unchastity, whatever it is. So it's called hawa. A disbeliever will be thrown from the top of it, and it will take 40 years. So it's very, 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 very tall, fort or whatever it is. Take 40 years before it gets to the bottom. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, in Surah Taha, verse 81, Whoever my anger, my wrath descends upon, alights upon, then فَقَدْ هَوَى Then he's destroyed. Or you can see the resemblance between this and the, the same word is used. Then he says that in Jahannam is a valley that is called Atham, in which are snakes and scorpions. You've heard, you know, lots of people, we've all heard of snakes and scorpions. And it looks like, then he describes the length of the, the length of these snakes and these snake scorpions, and then he discusses the poison, the intensity of the poison. And he says that the scorpions will be the size of these stray uh, wild asses. Right? So bigger than a normal donkey. And Taldahur Rajul, they will, I mean, a small poisonous scorpion of today is harsh enough. It's poisonous now, it's harmful enough. Those big ones, size of a donkey, size of a big mule, they will bite a person, sting a person. Then he says that the hellfire is so intense around him that the heat of the sting will not make it, will, will be worse. The heat of the sting. And these are specially designated for those whom they've been created for. Then he says there's another valley in, okay, that, I'll, I'll move on from that. 
then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and Anas radiallahu anhu says about the following verse of Surah Al-Kahf, verse 50, 52. وَجَعَلْنَا بَيْنَهُمْ مَوْبِقَ What is mawbiq? He says, mawbiq here is wadin min qayhin fi jahannam. This is also a valley of pus in hellfire. Another version says, nahrun fi jahannam min qayhin wa dam. Similar idea, it's a lake they call it instead. A valley, filled valley becomes a lake. In jahannam of blood and pus. Thereafter that we've got a, another narration from Nu'man, well, from Amr ibn Abasa. He says, Al-Falaq, Bitrun fi Jahannam. That's another one. I, these are ones I've never heard of myself until you don't get into the depth of these narrations. I mean, Al-Falaq is another uh, well in Jahannam. فَإِذَا سُعِرَتْ when it, when it is boiled up and uh, it is kindled, it will, uh, it will become very hot. And this one is so bad, this falaq is so bad, that وَإِنَّ جَهَنَّمْ لَتَأَذَّى مِنْهُ كَمَا يَتَأَذَّى بَنُوا آدَمَ مِنْ جَهَنَّمْ Just like human beings are so terrorized by Jahannam and harmed by Jahannam itself, Jahannam has that same effect from this particular, this particular valley, this particular uh, well. Like it's, it seems like it's really bad for the rest of Jahannam. The, the rest of Jahannam uh, doesn't want anything to do with it. It's like the, probably one of the worst punishments in there. Ibn Abi Hatim has then transmitted from Zayd ibn Ali, from uh, someone else he doesn't mention. He says, "Al-Falaq jubun fi ka'di Jahannam alihi ghita." This falaq is a reservoir. Jub is generally a place where water collects a reservoir. In the depths of Jahannam, there will be a cover over it. The cover has to stay on. فَإِذَا كُشِفَ عَنْهُ خَرَجَتْ مِنْهُ نَارٌ تَضَجُّ مِنْهُ جَهَنَّمْ مِنْ شِدَّةِ حَرِّ مَا يَخْرُجْ مِنْهُ That is probably the powerhouse or something, the intensity of the heat of that. When a bit of that, when a part of that lid is removed, the the fire that comes out of it, the, other, the rest of Jahannam finds that difficult. It contracts from it. It's terrorized by it, by the heat that comes out from that. Now obviously, we're almost saying that the paradise, sorry, hellfire is uh, some kind of animated creature. This could be symbolic in the sense that it, it's to show the intensity of it, or it could be reality. I mean, because we have smart objects now in the world which shows us, and all of these things are considered to be smart from a long time ago, which we would never have understood. But today, with what, what's going on, all of these things seem to be intelligent beings. Hellfire has some kind of intelligence. There's another one from Abu Ubaid. He, tra- he transmits this from Ka'b al-Ahbar, one of the tabi'een. He was with Ka'b al-Ahbar once, and I think I can experience this. I- I've experienced this. He says he once entered into a kanisa, into a church. Right, a cathedral. فَأَعْجَبَهُ حُسْنُهَا He was just amazed, dazzled by its beauty. I, I remember I've been into some castles, uh, some, some places like this, uh, but I have to say one thing that impresses me all the time, right, is the, is the Ayasofia that was supposed to be a cathedral at one time, right? And 
the only other one that kind of matches it is in the St. Paul's Cathedral in, the, uh, in Rome, in the Vatican. I've been to that one as well, right? But that one building, Hagia Sophia, just amazes me all the time. Of course, it's, got, it's been renovated and restructured and fortified by the Muslims, so it's not a, necessarily a Christian building still in that sense. But um, likewise, in Windsor, there's the, the big church there. I mean, it's very intricate. So we're, you'd be amazed by the amount of effort that has been put into the carvings and the amazing you know, uh, uh, structure of it. So that's what he did. He was Fa'aja was like, this is such a wonderful building. Fakal Ahsanu Amalan wa Adallu Kauman. Wa Ahsana Amalan wa Adalla Kauman. such a wonderful work. He's just praising the architecture. Right? But what what lost in terms of people? Right? Because unfortunately they did not follow the teachings of Jesus, peace be upon him properly. And for them is the falak. So they said, what is this falak? He said, بَيْتٌ فِي جَهَنَّمِ ذَا فُتِحَ السَّاحَ جَمِيعُ أَهْلِ النَّارِ مِنْ شِدَّةِ حَرِّهِ This is a certain place in hellfire. He just calls it a room. But it's a chamber in hellfire. That when it is opened, the rest of the people of hellfire will shriek because of the hot heat intensity of the heat that will come from it. Thereafter that we've got something in the tafsir of Ibn Jarir al-Tabari which he transmits and he says that a person of the compa- companions of the Prophet ﷺ came to Sham, came to Syria and he looked at فَنَظَرَ إِلَىٰ دُورِ أَهْلِ الذِّمَّةِ He saw the people of Dhimma, uh, they were living under the Muslim protection there, they were, these were main, probably Christians and they were really enjoying themselves, I mean Alhamdulillah many non-Muslims, Christians, Jews have really had a really wonderful life under Muslims, you know as recent as the Ottoman Empire and, and before that. So he saw Wahum dunyahum. You know, all the expansiveness that had been given to them and opened to them and the resplendence and everything that had be, been provided to them of the dunya. They were indulgent. So they were really enjoying themselves. They were really indulgent. And then he made a statement. He says, La ubari alayhi falak. He says, Subhanallah. I mean, th- this is just to say that don't extend your vision towards some people who we have or uh, towards the vastness the abundance that we've given some people indulge them given them the indulgence essentially that's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying so he's saying immediately rather than get impressed by this and feel like hey I don't have this this is a thought sometimes, it does happen. He's got so much, he's got so much. Whether the other person be a Muslim, non-Muslim, it doesn't make a difference. When we have more, somebody has more than us, it's this sometimes a natural inclination people have. So he says, this is the way he, he tempered his inclination. This is the way he managed it. This was his antidote, right? He says, La ubadi alaysa min wara'ihim al-falaq. I don't care, isn't behind them, uh, isn't where they're going to get to, the falak. He says, what's falak? He says, baytun fi jahannam idha futiya hawa al-nar. So he, ex- he explained the same thing. Ibn Abbas says the falak is a prison in jahannam. He describes it as a prison. I'm just telling you about it, the various different opinions about it, so that it's something that we can think about because we don't know any all of this. And when you don't know, then we don't know 
what the difficulties are. When we know the detriments of something, then inshallah we can hopefully try to avoid it better. We can avoid it better, inshallah. Then you've got a sa'ir. Now sa'ir is just hellfire otherwise, in general. But here it's also called a valley of pus in Jahannam. Maybe these are in different areas. Maybe, maybe these are for the different levels. Um, it doesn't mention that. We can just surmise. We can just uh, speculate about that. Then there's another version which uh, Ibn Abid Dunya has transmitted that in Jahannam are wells. He calls them wells. I would say probably these, how else would we say? Um, holes. Uh, what else would you call them? Trenches. Um, you know, it's a very negative idea. Well, seems to be like a really it's a source of water, but this is like a pit. It's almost like a pit, but because it's probably so deep, that's why they call it a well because wells are very deep. I'm just trying to make sense of this because we can't see this stuff. It's only a description, and even what they're describing is yeah, what they've heard. Inna fi jahannam la abar man Whoever's thrown into it, seventy. Those are very deep, so it's going to take 70 years to get down there. And then after that, they're going to be pulled out again, thrown back in. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then will say, uh, based on this verse, Surah Al-Jathiyah, verse 34. Today we're going to forget you, just like you, ha you had forgotten, you had made to forget, you had made yourself to forget our uh, meeting of this day. Right, now he moves on. Uh, Ibn Rajab al-Hambali, rahimahullah, moves on to another verse. Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu reports from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ta'awwadhu billahi min jubbil hazan. Now this is another aspect of hellfire. The jub of hazan. Jub again is a reservoir. A place where things collect. And this one is called, if I translate this, it'll be the pit of Grief. The pit of grief. Now the whole hellfire is grief, but this one is called the pit of grief. They asked, what is this? Seems like it's worse than the other one. Jahannam, he's, the Prophet replied that this is a valley of Jahannam, that the Jahannam seeks refuge from it a hundred times. Like this one is really intense. Qila, Ya Rasulullah, man yadkhulu. Ya Rasulullah, who's going to enter this? Who is this reserved for? So this is actually reserved for someone. Allah protect us. Because I guess anybody who's an imam, who Allah has given a decent voice and good reading, this is for all of us. Right? Al-Qurra al-Mura'una bi'a'malihim. The reciters of the Quran, the people of the Quran, who show off, who have ostentation based on their deeds. And you know, subhanAllah, the Quran elevates you. So if you can read Quran well, you're going to be loved by people. Allah, people love the Quran even if they don't understand it. So they love the people who read well. So it's a really dangerous place. It's such a wonderful place to be that we can inspire so many people with the Quran, that people who have that. But it's so dangerous as well that you just have to shift the perspective and we're in trouble. Allah protect. Allah protect. Subhanallah. That's why 
when you're leading the prayer, I mean, this is going to be just for a fraction of the people, but <clears throat> not everybody becomes an imam. But if you think you've got a good voice and you think you can read well and people enjoy your reading. So when you're standing in prayer, you have Allah in front of you. Not physically, but you're standing in front of Allah and the people are behind you that we're leading. Now, shaitan will turn our focus to the people behind. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. So, you know, let them in. You can't see them, but you're like hoping they'll enjoy it. Now, instead of focusing on the people at the back, let's focus on who we're praying for. And you can still be beautiful in your prayer. In fact, you'll be probably even more beautiful because there'll be greater spirituality and emotion. And the people at the back are going to enjoy that anyway. Just because you pray for Allah doesn't make you sound worse. Uh, the logic of it is so simple, right? The logic of it is so simple that the, if you pray for Allah, it's not going to change. You don't pray worse for Allah. In fact, there's going to be special spirituality and the energy in there. So it's only going to be better for the people at the back as well. But it's about getting used to that. It's about getting used to that. So our friend Sheikh Hassan Ali, I remember once he just recently put up, he said there was a person he did taraweeh with some years ago. And he said that they were sharing, you know, he was doing some, he was doing some. And every once in a while, he would really slow it down and uh, his voice would change a bit and everything. And then, so he would change the normal pace of his reading. Eventually he discovered when he asked him, because it would get a bit irritating maybe, a bit like... Because when people keep changing, uh, except in a pattern, you know, change is good in a pattern, in a rhythm. If it's not like that, then it gets a bit complicated. So he asked him and he said, what it is, is that when I used to start focusing on the wrong thing, I can't remember the exact words, I'm paraphrasing, I hope I'm right in what I'm saying. Then I would slow it down, get my focus again for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's challenges at every level. You think... People who are imams, people who are leaders, people who are teachers, you think they don't have a challenge, they have a different challenge. Everybody has a challenge. Shaitan is around in this world. That's why only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can help. But Allah's help assists. As long as the focus, you need knowledge for that. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now this is, this is a reserved place. This is a place for Qurra. There must be enough of them. I mean, this tells us that there's enough of them in there. There's enough of Qurra like that for Allah to have created a place. Or is it just a threatening place? And inshallah, nobody's going to go there. Because, I mean, people who have the Qur'an, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive them. They've got everything going for them. So there's both sides. But we do need to be worried about this because there's no surety and guarantee. Imam Tirmidhi has transmitted this narration and so has Ibn Majah uh, in a, uh, with a similar meaning. And then at the end of one of these narrations, although there's some weakness in that narration, it says, وَإِنَّ مِنْ أَبَاضِ الْقُرَّاءِ إِلَى اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ الَّذِينَ يَزُورُونَ الْأُمَرَاءَ الْجَوَرَةَ That the worst, the most hated of the Qurra to Allah, of the reciters of the Qur'an to Allah Azza wa Jal, are those who then frequent and visit oppressive leaders. So visiting a leader is not a problem. Because leaders need to hear the Qur'an, their people need to do the Qur'an. It's about oppressive ones here. Probably in support for them. Of course, if they visit them to say a good word, then that would be fine. So there's just assumption here that uh, this will be obviously that. Then Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal has transmitted in his Kitab al-Zuhud that in Jahannam is a valley, is one valley which we've heard about now already. Jahannam every day 
seeks refuge from it 400 times. So that Jahannam is fearful that that valley will be opened up or whatever, set upon it, and it will consume Jahannam itself. What's that going to be like? Jahannam is bad enough. The description we've had so far is bad enough. I wonder what this valley is going to be like. That even Jahannam is frightened of it. You know, you have, you have some tyrants in the world. And then sometimes there's a bigger tyrant that even they are fearful of. Even though they're the small tyrants, the small governors, and then they're of their superior, like he's even worse. Again, same thing from another, another narration. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prepared that valley for the, those who are ostentatious, who are show-offs of the Quran reciters. Allah protect us. Then there's a, the valley, another valley that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about. I've already read most of the description to you, but what's additional here? In this case, it says, Fasaqatul Qurra. Those who recite the Quran but are transgressors. So while they're reading the Quran, they're not acting by the Quran. They will call out and say, Ay Rabbana. You, the, so the first people to be thrown in this valley will be these Qurra, these Quran reciters. They will complain. They will, they will be like worried. What's going on? He says, Our Lord, you've started with us even before the. Idol worshippers. SubhanAllah, idol worshippers. Before the idol worshippers. You're probably sitting there thinking, I'm not an imam, I'm not a reader, it doesn't bother me. Right? I mean, you're not an imam, are you? So this is not bothering you? I mean, if this is for the imams, imam for other people, I don't think we should feel secure that, hey, I'm not an imam, this is okay. SubhanAllah. So it will then be said to him, لَيْسَ مَنْ يَعْلَمْ كَمَنْ لَا يَعْلَمْ That the one who knows is not like the one who knows. The one, sorry, the one who, do, who knows cannot be treated the same way as the one who doesn't know. Or you can say it the other way around. So, you know, there's something. Of course, idol worship and so on will be in a worse place. But this is bad enough. Ibn al-Mubarak then, rahimahullah, he transmits from Abu Huraira, the Prophet said, inna fi jahannam alawadi and yuqallahu. There's another valley. Prophet said, in Jahannam, there's another valley called Lamlam. Again, this is a really bad one. So Jahannam seeks protection from it as well, refuge from it as well. Ibn Abid Dunya has transmitted this. There's another one that Prophet ﷺ said, there is a valley in Jahannam. And within that valley, there's a deep pit well, which is called Habhab. Habhab. Haqqun ala Allahi an yuskinaha kulla jabbar. It is upon Allah. Allah has made it binding upon him that he will inhabit that with every tyrant. Allah will cause that to be inhabited with every tyrant. Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal, he is, this is a sahih narration from Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal. He says that Muhammad ibn Wasi' said, I said to Bilal ibn Abi Burda that I, it's reached me from you that, or it's reached me from somewhere that there is a well in hellfire which is called Jubbul Hazan. That's that one of grief, the pit of grief. Yu'khadul mutakabbirun. The arrogant ones will be seized. Fayuj'aluna fi tawabid min hadidin min nar. They're going to be first enclosed and shut into these 
metal coffins, iron coffins, right? So they're going to be enclosed and imprisoned in metal coffins. Then they're going to be placed in here. That's for roasting. And then after that, the Jahannam will be sealed from on top of them. And Hilal, when he heard that, he just began to cry. This would really affect these people. He began to cry. There's another narration. Imam Ahmad, Nasai, Tirmidhi, all of them have transmitted. يُحْشَرُ الْمُتَكَبِّرُونَ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ أَمْثَالَ الذَّرُ فِي سُورَةِ النَّاسِ يَعْلُوهُمْ كُلُّ شَيْءٍ مِنَ الصِّغَارِ وَمِنَ الصِّغَارِ حَتَّى يُدْخَلُوا سِجْنًا فِي جَهَنَّمِ That the arrogant people, the boastful arrogant people who used to strut around with pride, they will be gathered in the Day of Judgment just like dhar. So very small, minute, miniature forms. But in the form of people, but very miniature. Like really small, not even dwarf-like, but very, very miniature. Like nano people, right? And everything, because of their smallness, everything will be above them. They were the ones who used to look down upon others, who used to be arrogant, who used to consider others to be the humiliated and disgraced ones. So they will have to look up to people. And then eventually they're going to be put into a prison in the hellfire, which is called Bulus. That's another place, Bulus. And the fire will envelope them. They're going to be they're going, what they're going to be given to drink from when they get really thirsty is the pus of the people of hellfire. This is another narration from the Prophet ﷺ. He said, this is for anybody who likes positions, who likes responsibility, who likes to take on you know, positions. Anybody who has been given authority, given a position of authority over people, he's going to be given a test in the hellfire. So he's going to be put to, at the edge of Jahannam. This causeway, this pathway, will then shake. Now, if he's been good and he's acted fairly and with justice, فَنَاجِن He's going to be safe. He's going to be secure. Now, this violent shake of it is so bad that those who didn't do too well, it's going to shake them that it's actually going to disperse their pieces. They will break up because of it. So all their limbs will be scattered. If this person is not, then he will be probably put back together and then eventually he will be taken. So this is the test. May Allah grant us success because we have positions of authority of some sort. May Allah give us success. So if they're not, then they will be taken to, again, this pit, which is extremely dark, like tar. And that's where they'll be put. We've read of Lamlam, Jubbu Hazan, and Lava, and all of these other ones, right? What's going on? Is it just one? How many are there? And so on. Now what you'll understand from this, now this is <clears throat> a narration which is not very strong. So I'll leave that one out. It's a bit more detailed, but I'll leave it out because it's a hadith munkar, right? It's very well unknown, la yasih. It's not being transmitted according to Ibn Abdul Bar. However, there's another one which is a, has a bit of information and it gives you an idea. I, I, I understood from this hadith 
how all of those wells and pits and trenches come together and the valleys. Ata ibn Yasar has transmitted, he says that in nafinari sabi'ina al-fawadin. There are 70,000 valleys, 70,000 of them in hellfire. And in each one of, in each one of those valleys, there are 70,000 further smaller trenches. I mean, there's people in hellfire, there's going to be a lot of people in hellfire, so these are probably, right. In every one of those smaller trenches, there are further 70,000 holes, burrows, maybe to intern a single person in each one of them. And then they're in categories of 70,000. In each one of those burrows is a hayya. There's a snake there just to consume the face of the people of the faces of the people of hellfire. Now, that's, that narration is stronger than the previous one. I'll just mention one point from the previous one, which might help us to put things in better, because it's not a fabricated narration. So maybe there's some reality to it. At the end of all the description in there, it says, "La yantahil kafir wal munafiq hatta yuwaqi adharika kulla." All these seventy thousand valleys and seventy thousand—that's why I said it's like an assault course. A kafir and a munafiq are not going to be able to complete their trek until they have to confront each one of these. Because you, sometimes, you know, the general descriptions of hellfire when you listen to them, it seems like it's the same punishment and you're just going to be punished over and over again with the same punishment. But now this gives us an idea that no, there's quite a broad idea of, there's a, quite a broad spectrum of punishments. And people just have to go through them. Now you can't even say, I'm going to get bored of the punishments. It's, it's like psychologically, how do you even deal with this? You can say, people generally have this question as we discussed in our paradise lectures that aren't you going to get bored because you get bored of any good thing. Right? Even if it's something that you've wanted for such a long time, eventually you get bored of it. So will that not happen in paradise? And we discussed there that no, that it changes. Now here, it's a whole other psychology. And I've not done enough studies on horror stories. I, I, I don't like horror stories. I just don't like them. So I don't know how psychologically you, you, know, you deal with this. Wallahu alam. It's bad enough. Allah protect us. Right. Ibn al-Mubarak, rahimahullah, uh, he, has a, uh, he, he, tra- he transmits this, uh, which is, uh, he, he mentions this, he narrates this actually, and Ibn Abid Dunya has uh, transmitted it from him, that in Jahannam, there are valleys of dahdahim min nar. Dahdah min nar are their pools of fire. Small pools of fire. That's dahta. So that that's actually mentioned in some other narrations as that will be the punishment of some people with the lowest punishment. They're going to be made to step into a pool, small pool of fire, from which their brains will boil and things like that. So there are these small pools in hellfire. In hellfire, within those small, um, there are snakes that are the size of camels. And scorpions the size of wild mules. And anybody of the people of Hellfire who are dropped in there, these scorpions and, and snakes will begin to basically have a field day. It says, Which essentially means they're going to start biting them and stinging them and hurting them and attacking them. Hatta, that will 
that in itself at that point, I'm trying to make understanding of the, from this. At that point, it will be so severe, all of this biting, suddenly this assault on them, it will be so severe. They'll actually start calling out to the fire that take us back, get us out of here. So the fire is bad enough already, but now this. And this is worse for them for the fire, they think at least, because it's intense biting and uh, stinging. And, and thus they'll actually seek refuge from the hellfire itself. I don't know, when we listen to so much of this, does, do you become immune to this? It's just so much, I don't know, it's just a lot. It's just like, I give up. I don't give up. The point of this is to seek refuge. As much as, so. if we can even, I believe inshallah, our hope is in Allah, that every time we hear every new point, we seek, for, we seek protection from it. Allahumma hafadna minhu. At least, did, did we even know, I didn't know, before I read this, I didn't know a lot of this information. I knew about valleys and so on in general, but I did not know the names and the particulars and all that kind of stuff. Because who studies this stuff in this detail? Right? Who studies this in detail? That's why I think, inshallah, if we at least seek forgiveness once, we've got something to say in the hereafter that I've at least sought forgiveness once. We may be hopefully better off than somebody who's never sought forgiveness for it. At least it give us a chance. Inshallah, Allah will give everybody a chance. When you look at this, you're like, how are we going to be safe from this? But when you look at the mercy of Allah, then you feel like you're in a better place, inshallah. Right, Imam Abu Nu'im in his Hilya, he's got a narration from Tawus. Tawus was a Tabi'i. And he once said to the ruler of the time, Sulaiman ibn Abdul Malik. Sulaiman ibn Abdul Malik, he's the son of Abdul Malik ibn Marwan, obviously. He says, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, inna sakharatan kanat ala shafiri jubbin fi jahannam. Hawad fiha sab'ina khalifan hatta istaqarrat qararaha, or istaqarrat qararuha. There was a boulder at the edge of one of the valleys or pits of hellfire, which took 70 years to get to the bottom. Now that's a famous narration, we know about that, right? So he related that to um, Sulaiman ibn Abdul Malik. And then he said to him, Do you know who Allah has prepared this for? Now imagine going to X, Y, and Z, people of, uh, leaders of the world today and saying, saying this. So he says, woe be upon you, who, who, who is this? He's interested. It's for the one who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed to be, allowed to share with him in his rule. So give him a rule of the world, because Allah rules everything. Allah judges everything. So Allah gave him that, that discretion. Allah made him a partner in that. And then he was, he was tyrannic, he was oppressive, he was unjust. And Sulaiman ibn Abdul Malik, I don't know, today people have been put into prison for less than this in many places, in places in the world, for less than this. This is direct. He started to cry, he started to weep. That's why, you know, we've had bad people in the past. But somehow, I mean, not everybody's bad, but somehow you just wonder because they've done some good things as well. 
If somebody can cry because of this and not kill the guy, this looks like there's some hope. There's some iman there, inshaAllah. There's some iman. Because if you can cry about the hellfire, then you've got iman. Man kana yu'minu billahi wal yawmil akhir. That's what it is. May Allah soften our hearts. Okay. Then we've got another narration. مَا فِي جَهَنَّمَ دَارٌ وَلَا مَغَارٌ وَلَا غُلٌ وَلَا قَيْدٌ وَلَا سِلْسِلَةٌ إِلَّا إِسْمُ صَاحِبِهَا عَلَيْهَا مَكْتُوبٌ There is not in hellfire a chamber, a cave. There's a discussion of caves now. Maghar, a cave. Some kind of recess for some punishment. Nor shackle, nor collar. Iron collar like for prisoners and shackles nor a chain, except that the name of each person is already inscribed on there, reserved, prepared. Allah, it's all there. So, Ahmad ibn Abil Huwara, he says, I related this to Abu Sulaiman, and he started crying. This was his worry. Maybe our worry is that maybe our name is maybe on one of those things. His worry was that, وَيْحَكْ woe be upon you, فَكَيْفَ بِهِ and لَوْ what happens if all of these things will be combined and gathered for him? That he has his names on all of these things. So the, the shackle is on his, the collar is on his neck, the shackle on his feet, uh, on his legs, and the chain around, his, uh, around him, his neck or whatever it is. And then after that, he's put into the hellfire. And then he's put into one of those recesses. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for refuge. We ask Allah for refuge. We ask Allah for refuge. Now look at the following verses. These are about five or six verses that relate to hellfire in the Quran. Let's look at them. Surah Al-Insan verse 4. إِنَّا أَعْتَدْنَا لِلْكَافِرِينَ سَلَاسِلَ وَأَغْلَالًا وَسَعِيرًا Verse 4. We have prepared for the disbelievers chains and shackles and uh, uh, the fire, sa'ir, the blazing fire. Then Allah says in Surah Al-Sabah, Surah Al-Sabah, verse 33, We will place these collars on the necks of those who disbelieve. So we're getting more information. In Surah Al-Mu'min, Surah Al-Ghafir, 71-72, Allah says, إِذِ الْأَغْلَالُ فِي أَعْنَاقِهِمْ وَالسَّلَاسِلُ يُسْحَبُونَ فِي الْحَمِيمِ ثُمَّ فِي النَّارِ يُسْجَرُونَ With iron collars and chains around their necks, they will be dragged into scalding water and burnt in the fire. So here, the way we read it, وَالسَّلَاسِلُ يُسْحَبُونَ فِي الْحَمِيمِ There'll be collars, iron collars and chains, and then they will be dragged into hellfire. Ibn Abbas has also read this as وَالسَّلَاسِلَ يَسْحَبُونَ That they will be made to drag these major chains. There's another way. One is they'll be dragged by the chain. The other version is that they will be forced to drag the chains as a punishment. In this world, people, bodybuilders drag things to build their body up. They take assault courses. They climb on climbing frames. They pick up weights. In Jahannam, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to do here, but in Jahannam, all of this will be, Ya Allah, 
all of this will be punishment. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to do the proper bodybuilding in this work, the proper spiritual building as well. Thereafter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Haq, verse 3032, This one tells you, grab him, shackle him, and then enter him, push him into the hellfire. And then uh, the chain is discussed on silsila chain whose length is 70 cubits so that's the chain discussion then surah al-muzzammil allah subhanahu wa ta'ala verse 12 and 13 allah says inna ladayna ankalan wa jahima wa tu'aman dha ghussatin wa athaban alima now we've read all of those narrations you can see that the basis of all of that in the sense that the main information that provides additional details but the main bits of information is all in the Quran. So in here Allah is saying, Inna ladayna, we possess, we have fetters, ropes, shackles, wajahiman, and a blazing fire. And so that's the ankal, that's what he's trying to tell. This is everything to do with the tools of the trade essentially. The chains, the collars, the shackles, all of that is being this. So ankal, ankal means fetters, ropes, whatever they're made of in those in Jahannam. And we also have hellfire, blazing fire. And we have food that is ghus, the ghussatin, which is, causes choking and a painful, and then adab and alima, painful punishment. All of these tools are mentioned, because that's our source, that's where we're going to get it from. In Surah Ibrahim, then Allah says, مُقَرَّنِينَ فِي الْأَصْفَادِ They will be shackled in asfad. And asfad essentially refers to qiyud and aghlal, refers to shackles and collars. Shackles and collars, that's asfad. Allah gives us bits of information in the Quran. And this is, I think, enough for the day. More than enough for the day. If this, is, if this one lesson is enough, it's enough. I mean, it's enough to be frightened of. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to have the right amount of fear. As we said, this is just a reminder. I think my assessment is at least for myself. And uh, is that I think uh, if we have iman and we're practicing to a certain degree, then we have a lot of hope. But we don't have enough fear. So while we may practice, but staying away from everything that we shouldn't be doing, that's whether it's in your face or otherwise, that becomes difficult. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to inculcate enough fear in us so that we can become balanced, mu'mineen, with the right understanding and the right fear and the right amount of hope as well. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make this a means of our refuge from hellfire. May Allah make it a refuge from our hellfire and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept and turn our lives wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Jazakallah khair for listening. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, bless you. And if you're finding this useful, you know, um, uh, as they say, do that like button and subscribe button and forward it on to others. Jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.